Hey guys, it's Steven, your rapper host. I first want to thank, thank you, thank you to all of our outsiders out there who have donated to help us to reach out, to do more, um, to create the scholarships that we've now created. Um, if you want more information about that, go to unashamedunafraid.com slash donate. We have scholarships to help people in recovery. That's where the money's going. Um, we are 5013C nonprofit, so anything that you donate is tax deductible. Um, and goes 100% of the cause, no one here gets paid. And so to those, um, there's bonus content, a lot of cool things. We invite you to become an outsider. If you haven't yet, that's okay. Um, also, those who have, thank you, thank you so much. Also, we want to let everyone know that we are giving away two tickets to UCAP, um, which is the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. It's a one-day conference, Saturday, March 28th. We will be there. We'll have a booth. You can come talk to us. We can hang out. Um, and we are giving away two tickets. So to get those two tickets, you subscribe by email. Um, you'll see the social media post out there. Um, tag that. Like us. Follow us on social media at Unashamed Unafraid. And tag three people. Subscribe by email. And you're in for those free tickets. We hope you enjoy this episode. And with that, we will get in the studio. Welcome to Unashamed Unafraid, a show unashamed about sexual addiction recovery and unafraid of coming into Christ for healing. Where we talk about real recovery stories, answer anonymous questions with experts, and share resources that actually work. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm your co-host, James. And we are Unashamed Unafraid. So, Steve. So, James. Here we are. We meet again. (laughs) It's time. It's time. So um, when I first started this, and I kind of share this when we get in the studio, but um, I was sifting through blogs because I was like, I want to know what's out there before I start mine or whatever. And this was the one out of all the stuff for women, this is the one that I found, Hope and Healing, that I was like, they are doing it right. Like they've they've yeah. got the magic sauce. And um, so we we had Michelle here, um, who who runs it and and is and it was interesting. Um, brilliant woman, brilliant, and and she herself does not have betrayal trauma. She's not an addiction story, right? Right. Yeah, not uh, at all. And so um, it was interesting how insightful she still was with not a therapist. Doesn't yeah. ha- doesn't have a background in it, um, but just crazy insightful. Oh yeah, you can tell she's been. You know, she talks about how she got on board with this really early on, and you can tell she's just given her whole heart to this because her knowledge and passion around it, it's just incredible. And what I love about her resource and why I wanted to share it is it's the same reason why I send people to 12-step, right? When someone's like, what do I do? I'm like, there's a 12-step meeting in the next 24 hours that you can get to, and it's free. Um, Her forum is so cool. So it's online. It's anonymous. It's for women. Right, right, and are, it gives them that safe place where they can actually go, and no matter actually, where they are in the world, right, no matter what time of day. Yep, and and it's a resource where they can be anonymous and actually step into and take that first step toward healing. Because right now, the you know, so many of the women are they feel so alone, yeah, so isolated, um, which angry, is totally understandable. Right? Angry, they deserve sad, to be angry, desperate, yes. you know. What do I do? And and this is that first step. Yeah, and um, 
it's so accessible. And, and the thing that I want to highlight is because I know anyone listening, they're like, oh, it's another one of these Facebook groups no. where a bunch of women get on. And uh, it's not a big vomit session. The way that they've guided this to have the conversation be about healing, there's space, right? She uses the word in here. We give people a long leash. Like there's space to express your anger, your frustration, your hopelessness. But the way that their form is guided for really healing and connecting to healing resources as opposed to, you know, let's get together and, you know, just wallow in the difficulties and let it just drown us. Right. The healing that they really bring to this process is, to be honest, it's the best one that I've seen. Oh, totally. Hence why we're sharing it. Because, you know, we talk about this a little bit in the podcast, but so many of the women, they kind of get stuck in that trauma or the sadness or the anger and they, they don't quite know how to get out. Yeah. And that's why this this forum is such a powerful resource because it, it will help guide them through that painful process. Yeah. And um which I which I thought was just great as I always do. Kayla, right? My wife uh came on and joined us, which always is yep. cool for me. So um, you know, she was there with us. So super cool resource. So I hope, and just her insights about addiction recovery in general were awesome just because she's read thousands of stories and posts. Just so cool. So great. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So welcome. We're here in the studio. Um, I, we're starting start with so. Yeah, no, I'm not over, starting no. over. This is authentic, and we're keeping it. So uh, we're here with James. Chris is here. Jason is doing our audio, and Kayla, my beautiful, wonderful wife, is here joining us. Um, say hello, Kayla. So Michelle, um, HopeAndHealingLDS.com. Um, is here with us, and she was kind enough. She's like, I brought some of my favorite treats, and so if you've had these are from Costco, right? Yeah. The 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 dark chocolate salted caramels, like the bit, and they're big. And so right before we hit record, Kayla's like, Oh, we're all eating them. Where we're like, Okay, so Kayla just had one, so that's why I decided to put her on the spot. I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> You're back. Do you recommend the caramels to our listeners? A hundred percent. Awesome. And special thanks to Michelle for hooking us up with some awesome treats. Oh, and the check-ins of the mail from Costco coming soon, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We just talked about Jason here. Shout out to Jason, the great audio. He always does. Um, we were joking. Um, you know, Michelle was asking, like, how much can we add? And we're like, no, this guy, he can he can do it all. And then we commented about how he gets paid so much, but he, we don't pay him anything. And so here we are. Um, so you're one of the first resources I ever found when I started like looking, because before I started Unashamed Unafraid, I got online and I said, who's podcasting or who's doing blogs, whatever. And I looked at everything and I found so many different resources. And to be honest, a lot of the men's resources were super shame-based still. Like, I'm not going to tell you my name or anything about me, but I may or may not have a sexual addiction and we may or may not talk about it at this blog. I'm like, well, okay. Right. And a lot of the resources I found for women, which is obviously what we're going to focus on here, was just just a lot of anger and a lot of venting. And I know there's totally a place for that, and women deserve to be angry and all of that. But I'm like, find the healing. And so I can't tell you how many people I've sent to you every time someone emails me. I'm like, the thing you can do right now tonight 
or whenever you read this email is go to your website. So tell us a little bit about you and kind of how it all started. Um, This is like I was saying to you all before, this is definitely not what I had, you know, when I was a little girl, I hoped and dreamed to do something like this, but I was doing online missionary work on a website that's currently called mormonwoman.org. We'll be changing. These names will be changing soon as per President Nelson's uh invitation, but um, being, if you didn't know, instead of using the, you know, instead of using Mormon or or LDS, LDS, say the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll we'll have some language that will be changing soon, but um, I, I was trying to get more positive content about women in the church online. And this was before the church had a lot of a social presence. I was working with an organization called the More Good Foundation, and they were working on building search engine optimization around church terms. And they let me have mormonwoman.org. So I was addressing issues related to women and sharing women's stories. And it was great. Um, and around the end of 2011, I started noting tra- noticing traffic from women in the church who were, I'm going to get emotional because um, you could just feel the pain. There were, there were just a lot of searches from women who were suffering because of their husband's pornography addictions. And I was like, I don't have any for them, you know, because my focus was on those not of our faith. And I felt very strongly that I needed to do something for these women because I didn't want them yeah. coming and finding nothing. And so... I started searching for stories, and at this time, there just weren't that many resources for for members of the church online. But I happened to find three stories. I think it was three stories. And so I I pulled them together and posted them and tried to get some information. I have a business background, and so I was networking with therapists and trying to just learn as much as I could and just kind of drinking from the fire hose and getting content on the site. And the more content I shared, the more searches I got. And it was kind of taking over the site, you know? And it was like, all right, this is a missionary site. Probably shouldn't be only about pornography addiction. That's probably not the best missionary tool. And so I decided to create a separate a separate space. And, and right at that time, I had a friend who reached out and said, I see what you're doing. I've actually walked this path. Can I help? And so I asked her if she would be willing to gather some of her recovery friends and so that we could create an online community. Because what I was doing is I was I was And, and sorry, just to be clear, walk the path meaning of of having of a spouse yeah, because, who had pornography. Because addiction. I'm I'm this website manager getting this content, but I needed I needed women who could help the women from personal experience. Yeah, because that's not your personal experience. So, so getting her on board. So okay, yeah, so I'm she's she's she I said, you know, she she offered to help and she was in a recovery group, a twelve step recovery group, and so she brought her group to the community. And I was like the resource manager and they were the story sharers. And from there, you know, it started with eight to 10 women, and over the course of the time, we've had over 800 women sign up. So tell us what it is. It, the forum. Yep. So um, Hope and Healing is both a blog, so that's the public-facing side, and then a forum, which is a private forum. Um, Women have to go through a registration process because we get a lot of spam, and I want to be sure that whoever is joining has a genuine need, that they're not just there lurking or, you know, like this is, this is the real deal. And, um, 
and that they they need someone to reach out to and and it's anonymous so women who it, it's not uncommon for women to suffer with this for years i've had a couple of women who it's been decades and more than a couple um and this may be one of the first times they've ever talked about it and yeah. um I, I well, and what is what a safe space right i mean it, it's it's not in person it's anonymous Right, they can. I mean, they that's can. Awesome. They can do it. We've had women from different countries. You know, they can do it on their own time. And and I have a very odd sleep schedule, and so you know, they get a response from someone usually within a matter of hours. Wow. Um, and so there, there's there's this constant flow of connection um, that exists. And and like I said, my role was. I just decided from the get-go, okay, I've seen how online communities can work. This has to be... I was just personally committed to trying to keep it pointing toward healing um, with plenty of space, like you said, for the emotion and the pain, because that is the definition of what... They they wouldn't be reaching out if they weren't suffering and suffering mightily. Um, So we leave a really long leash for that. But there's always this encouragement, you know, and but just remember that no matter what's going on, you can seek healing for yourself. And that that was kind of my role is to keep that energy pointing forward um, and then just bringing as many resources as possible as like over the course of, of the, where are we now, end of 2019, it's been almost eight years. Um, I've posted probably... I've posted thousands of posts with different resources in them, yeah. you know, to help just like there's more and more out there. Like, there, yeah. first of all, you never have to be alone again. And secondly, there's there are resources out there. So go go try something. Go, you know, because if you start moving your feet, healing can come. Yeah. Wow. So tell me like, okay, so I'm listening to this and I'm like, all right, I need a place to talk about this, right? My... My husband just disclosed, or I just caught him, or I just found out, or whatever. Um, I I register. I show up in the you know anonymous forum, and they register. Uh, they get a personal email from me, welcome welcoming them yeah. once we get it. So yeah. yeah, and then and then in that forum, it's you have categories, subcategories. Like how does that all? How yeah, does we that just all look? we actually just reorganized it, so it's. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a you know information person, so it was pretty cluttery. And one of my admins said, "We got to clean this up." So we just recently, it's you've got just a welcome section. I need to talk. I have a question, and I think the third one now is links links I like. Or there are only three sections, and then there's a whole archive of all the the other resources and right, things and like dialogue that. but, that's happened in there. But it's it's most of the most of the content before was in that I need to talk or I need a question area anyway. So yeah. that's where most of the women spend their time. And then, you know, there are some women who will join and kind of sit quietly without, you know, saying anything for a while and just reading the stories. We have hundreds of stories of women, you know, so that they can see that, oh, I'm not alone. This is and they can they can see the patterns in what has happened, and then if they look through the resources and the stories from those who have experienced healing, they can start to see the patterns of, oh, there's hope, you know? There are yeah. things I can do to start to, to heal. Um, so one, one thing that, I, and Kayla, you can speak to this more than 
I can is I I think in some ways it's easier to find men who are finding recovery and healing because we've kind of been called out on it. Like once you kind of enter recovery land, like you as a man are like, I'm the addict, I have a problem, I need help. So it's a lot easier to be like, okay, I should go to a 12-step and get help. And I show up there and I'm like, uh, I think I need help, right? Because I, I think I'm pretty screwed up with my behavior. Where in conversations Kayla and I have had and, and with other women, like you get women on the whole spectrum, right? Because I know like Kayla shares whenever we talk, you know, when we very first started, I was like, hey, we went to Lifestar. And I'm like, so the, the first part is we go to this, you know, phase one, Kayla's like, well, I don't need to go. Like, you need to go, right? Right? I mean, you remember this. Totally. It's very, 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 very common. (laughs) Right? And so, um, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, Kayla was worried. She's like, it's going to be a bunch of, like, weirdos. You know, she's thinking it's going to look like, you know, some crazy prison yard or all, you know. And then we go and she's like, oh, it's a bunch of people just like us, right? And um, or to, um, you know, one story recently recorded, um, you know, she talks like, instantly she went into fix it mode. Like I have to fix this. Right. Um, or, you know, then you go into, this is all completely my fault. And I, so I feel like men, there's kind of like a general, it's pretty bucket. straightforward. It's, like, pretty you straightforward. it's like, you're yeah. screwed up at what level of denial are you in? <laughs> Either, you know, you're super screwed up and you change, you think you're not that screwed up and change is easy, but you're just somewhere on the denial spectrum, but we know where you're at. Where with women, I feel like there's so many different places they can kind of land. Like when this all first lands. Definitely. And so, I mean, speak to kind of, you know, do you see that in the forum and what, you know, is is this something you think can work for women no matter where they're kind of starting their journey or where they're at in their journey? This meaning the forum? Yeah. Absolutely. Because here's the first thing, and it's the same for the one dealing with compulsive or addictive behavior or the one dealing with betrayal trauma or the response. Isolation is killer, right? So getting out of isolation is the first step. And that was my, that was kind of my first thought is, okay, the adversary wants people to be in isolation. So we break that. We've already started to break the chain even before, even before anything else is done or said. If a woman reaches out, she's out of isolation. Boom. That's huge. So that's to me, you know, just that, that factor. And then that, you know, that constantly outstretched, out, outstretched hand that says, you don't ever have to be alone again, like I said before. And of course, not all women are ready to stay engaged in connection, but connection, I mean, we hear it, that the ripples of this concept are growing, right? That the opposite of addiction is connection. Well, the opposite of trauma, to in many degrees, if, would you say that that's a fair comment, is connection, that Totally. The and healthy connection. Healthy connection. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because sometimes I think women can get together and just bash, you know, and that's not what you're promoting either. Yeah. We're, again, we leave a long leash and gently, you know, gently nudge toward, okay, yeah, this is really hard. I think one of the biggest challenges that I have seen is that because women, the, the relationship has been damaged for them. 
right? That Big time. it's not just the individual pain that they feel, it's that the relationship has been damaged. And it's very common for the focus then, okay, the relationship is damaged. We've got to fix the relationship. The relationship has to heal. And and in, in healing, Jeff Stewart talks about this, about the three-legged stool. You've got to take a step back and he's got to have his process. She's got to have her process. And then as two healing people are working each on their own process, then the relationship has the potential to heal. But if you try to bring trauma into, you know, as the the guide for healing the relationship, it's not going to work. Or if addiction is still prevalent, the relationship can't heal. The, the healing from both partners has to be in process, really. It's kind of a wisdom and order thing. You know, of course, every individual situation will have its variations, but I think in general principle, that's one of the hardest things I think to help women understand is I know that what you want is for the relationship to be better, but you have to be better and you can be better. And they, it's not always, it, it's not instinctual to better think, in I the have sense to of be being healing. healed, yes. not in, you yes. need to, yes. you need to let me be careful about yeah, the language. Yeah. yeah. Clean the house better or oh, be lamb. more of an oh, object lamb. or more. Yes. No, please. I just want to make sure no one's <laughs> no. trying to yes, thank manage. You, you do no, not need to manage. Matters. That was not the right word to use. No, no, it's the right word. I just want to make sure it's not getting hijacked by someone path, who wants to hijack for sure. it. Yeah. That, and 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 I think a lot of times because it, it's the analogy that that I'll often use is you know imagine that you've been hit by a semi, and you know it's kind of like the driver of the truck is your husband, and you're in ICU but you're trying to you know either help him fix whatever caused him to hit you with yeah. the truck. He's drunk or, driving. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Or, you know, you're thinking that you've got to do better at being a wife or a person. Like, no, just let, you know, let yourself be cared for and and find the healing and slow down because trauma is, a, is puts you in the ICU emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically and socially in every way. And that statistically speaking, that is the case for most women. This is Absolutely. serious. This is this is ICU level severity of an impact, and and I think a lot. It's like um, President Uchtdorf. Then President Uchtdorf gave a talk once about, of course, using an airplane analogy, that often when stress happens, we try to work faster, but air, air, airline pilots learn that when you're in turbulence, you have to slow down. The instinct is to want to go faster to get through the turbulence faster. And I think that same kind of instinct happens to women in trauma. Okay, we're going to work harder, going to work faster. I want to get through this because I don't want this to be my life. I don't want this to be my reality. But it really is about slowing down and, and you know, okay, figure out how to eat again, figure out how to sleep again, figure out how to breathe again, figure out how to engage with sunshine again, it, like really reconnecting with the, themselves and with God and with and with healing principles that are consistent for those who are in a situation like this. So, Kayla, I guess I want to ask you yeah. a question. Um, I guess what did, what state did you come in? You know, Steve talked about, you know, you can kind of land in a lot of different places. 
what state were you kind of in and what was the one of the more helpful or, or most helpful things that you did right up front to really help move you through some of this pain or anger and trauma that you were in? Yeah, I think I was in like the, I'm going to fix it for him mode. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think quickly that's where you landed. Yeah. I actually don't think I did our first like three years of recovery healthy. <laughs> if I can like look back, cause I hear you talking and I'm like, I feel like this second time around, um, has been more healthy than ever before because I can like for the first time say, this is not my problem, but I have to heal from, you know, this the trauma on my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, not on my own, but for myself. And I feel like the first, you know, little bit, we did that same thing. I feel like I rushed him to get through everything. And I was like, let's just like wipe our hands of this and be done. And I'm going to control everything for you. And I'm going to make sure that we're perfect. And that does nothing for us. So the first three years, you felt like you were just trying to control the whole situation. Get, get, let's get in, let's get therapy, let's get out. Totally. And I think about that, like with this church stuff too, because sometimes I'm like, did I like push him to just like, you know, be put back in fellowship as quick as we can just to be like, be done with it. And it's different this time. How? For you. For you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I can step back and just be like, this is not my problem. And Steve needs to give it to God and I cannot make him give it to God. So I can give my problems to God and I can like do my own healing and my own therapy and my own, you know, like trauma work, but I can't control what Steve does. And I think that's awesome. I would have loved to like find or found that, um, your site or your form like long before this, because I think so many people, so many women, do the same thing that I did, you know, like they just want to fix it and be done with it and control it. And let's not talk about it. And let's just be alone, which is like the most unhealthy thing you can do. So my wife, you know, struggled with this. I'm going to call it surrender. Yeah. Yeah. What is there something, was there a turning point or was it either one of you helped me answer this? What helps um, the women start to surrender their husbands to God? and surrender his addiction to God and really just focus on their own um, own healing. D- their own healing and their self-care and, and their relationship with the Lord and understanding that he he may never come back. This right. this marriage may end, but it may not. But I and I hope it doesn't. You know what I mean? So what are some of those I guess what does that look like? How does what's that difference? How do how do you finally surrender? I think for me, ultimately, it came down to the point that like, okay, clearly I, like me trying to fix this problem is not working, right? So Steve has to be able to do that on his own. And I have to be able to like allow God to take that from Steve and realize that I'm not the person that can do that. And seeing him like still act out after me trying and trying and trying and realizing that that's not going to cut it. Like, I think it just takes... For me, it took, like, a lot of that to realize I can't do this. Like, only God and Steve can. And I I would say, I mean, I think those who watch this happen to people have the same instinct that a wife has in her own marriage, which is, I want to be able to jump in and make this 
go faster. Right. <laughs> but as I, I mean, one of the things that's interesting about um, administering a forum like this is that you get to see patterns, you know, that. Yeah, we they want just you to emerge, talk about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, please do. And, and I feel like I've gained a, a deeper understanding of God's plan that is centered around agency and learning by experience. And so you say, you know, I, I do believe that as as stories and principles get out there and people, if, if they're willing to engage in those stories, they could see the patterns. But for a woman to reach that point by herself or for herself, it's often through experience, through tasting what doesn't work, because instinct will lead that will just lead you in a direction. It's just we're human. We are we're born with fight or flight instincts. God made us that way, and it's part of the fall. It's part of it's part of the journey of learning what our natural man responses feel like, and and so you bump up against the same wall. And 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 I think, especially with a community that where there is some healing and there are healing principles that are there tapping at them, you know, and they hear it. And then, and then when the time's right, it, it kind of, like, I just saw this recently, you know, somebody was like, oh, I, I don't have to pick this all up, you know, and you can just see the light happen, but you can't make someone get there. It's 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 actually it's hard to watch, but it's a beautiful thing because it reinforces the plan that God knows where we are, and our experiences help us learn how to, how to exercise our agency to lean on Christ more and more and more. The question I want to ask is, what are some of the best resources that that you have, or some patterns that you've seen, those women that are able to move? I guess more quickly. I'm moving into the right, trying to move through the turbulence quickly. But that I'd imagine that there are certain um, turning principles points. or turning points that well, yeah. that might help light bulb people. Moments yeah, or, those. Yeah. What are those light bulb moments? How do they move through those? And are there some? I know that it doesn't have to go quickly, but what are but some? There's of those, some predictable patterns. Yeah. What are those? Yeah. Yeah. Those key principles that really turn the tide. So. Obviously, getting out of isolation right. is essential. Um, trying to figure it out alone in in pain, you know, it doesn't work. Step one, Just, join the forum. Step or or some sort of, you know, Community. a 12-step group, like, yeah. you know. The, the women who have found the most... You could even do most... both. Don't try to get crazy, <laughs> but you could. Yeah, the, the forum is like this place where you... I call it kind of a pre-recovery place. The idea is come so that you can find those other resources, and then this becomes a support while you're doing this other stuff, you know? Yeah. So you can have your 24-7 reach-out place, but don't rely on that. Go find, you know, a lifestyle group or a twelve-step group. I, I'm a fan of twelve-step. Um, if, if you know, you, it, it's hard sometimes to find the right community because you want a community where where there is healing in it. Mm-hmm. And the difference between a community where there's healing and a community where there's anger, anger's normal. But 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 12 step rooms are des- designed to be focused on the process of healing they're focused forward and so you know to to try to find a, a, a community that's like that and again there are more and more resources when i started doing this there was hardly anything out there 
for those of yeah. our faith. And now we've got online meetings and phone meetings. We've got meetings in the church. We've got meetings but from nonprofits and other groups. You know, there are different options that can meet different schedules and and just like reach out and find a community. Most women need therapy um, with the trauma piece because trauma is a physiological response. It's a physiological issue. And learning to recognize what trauma looks and feels like in your own body so important, building that self that self awareness, um, and then being able to reconnect with physical and spiritual self care, social too, you know, social mm-hmm. outside of healing communities. But um, I especially, you know, like women will they'll 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 decline into physical health problems because of the stress, or they'll just. You know, they'll either overeat or not eat at all, or you know, like it, it sounds. It's it's. Oh, no, it's all. Connected. I don't want it to yeah, sound patronizing all... at all because no, it's total trauma to say, response, right? Yeah. That's the way the like you said. That's the, the way the body the goes into this. Yeah, that. it goes into yeah. this, and for some women, it can go to the point of shutdown, and and so being able, oh, I need to eat, and and claiming their existence, you know, in their bodies as part of their recovery. It's a really powerful thing uh, when they can reconnect with their bodies. And because a lot of women suffer spiritually because they're like, okay, I felt prompted to, to do this marriage, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt prompted to to be to join this, to say yes to this man. And why didn't God protect me from this? And, you know, there, there can be a sense Kayla of can't spiritual. Relate to that She's over here nodding. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> so many women that I see suffer from that. They suffer from a feeling of betrayal with God. And so, and it's not necessarily something that just read your scriptures more or pray more. We'll, we'll, the try harder gospel, as I like to call it. Right. The, the, the instinct is to, okay, I'm going to do more of what I've been told to do instead of adjusting to. This is, is again, the ICU example. You know, you wouldn't go to somebody in the ICU and say, read your scriptures more. Not that reading your scriptures isn't, if they could, you know, like, yeah. but that's not the solution in isolation. It's... Your body has been through trauma. You need to adjust how you do these normal things that we do in the church so that it can meet you in this process. And that may include other materials or, or things that, that assimilate spiritual healing with the trauma healing process, which really is its own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you hit on the, this God trauma, this God wound that kind of gets brought up through this experience. Um, can you talk more about that? I guess maybe what's, what are... Do you see that come up in the forum a lot? Come, oh, a lot of yes. issues with God? Oh, yes. It comes up a lot. And then what are some of the, I guess, what are the, some of the more healing things in repairing that wound that you see? So... Well, and, and describe like describe it, right? Yeah. Because I mean, you, you, you're seeing it over and over again, right? As you're like, oh, yes, right? I'm going to turn to her and ask her if you'd share what that tastes like for you. And then I'll add to that. The whole God thing? Like, what is what is that healing with God? What does that look what, what does that look like and felt like for you? And how did you get there? Yeah, so that's been that's been big for me because I like it was so clear that I was supposed to marry Stephen. You know, like I I feel like that is one of my top like answers to prayers. Like, yeah, this like Stephen is my person. And I remember just feeling like so shattered by that. Like, why? Why would my person that God wants me to marry do this to me? It's been interesting to do recovery with Steve. Um, and just like, 
because I've, I've been on my knees pleading, like, what am I supposed to get out of this? Like, why did I marry this? And it's been so, like, interesting to see Steve do his recovery and, you know, think, like, that's my husband who is out there, like, trying to spread a good word and do this. And, yeah, he struggles, and we're trying to get through this together, but, like, he is one of the best people I know. And I think I can take that and be like, why did I marry him, God? And say, thank you, God, for allowing like me to marry this person that is trying so hard and fighting so hard for his family. And not only for his family, but for his marriage. And I think just like the more recovery we've done and the more that we like have healed as a couple, we've been able to like, like that's been so... I don't know, just apparent to me that like Steve really is such a good person, like better than most men. So you're seeing with different eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is just like, you know, this is one of the trials that we're going to go through. And sometimes I think that like this trial is easier than a lot that other people have to go through. So we all have our trials. And I think when we can like turn it to like, why are we going through this? And like, how can we recover together? Like, it's just more of a beautiful thing. Like, I feel like our marriage is better than it would ever be if we hadn't gone through this. And that is what I hear from those who have gone through the process. Even, okay, so even if their marriage hasn't, women who, and that was actually what motivated me at the beginning. Those three stories that I gathered, these were women who, as far as I know, didn't know each other, but there was a similar spirit, a similar energy in their stories when I first saw the traffic on my site, on the site that I managed, um, I was angry. You know, I felt this sort of mama bear feeling for my fellow sisters, like, how could these men do this to them? You know, I had, I had that instinctual response that wives have on their behalf. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and then um, Andrew from Rowboat and Marbles reached out and wanted to share his story, if you're familiar with, uh-huh. with him. Um, and my heart broke. I, like, he was six. How can I be angry at somebody who got trapped starting at age six? I realized that, oh, the men aren't, you know, like I had to go through my own shift before I could really help these women, I think, to realize that, okay, the men are not the enemy here. We have one common enemy who's trying to destroy everybody. <laughs> we have to keep yep. that in mind. And Kayla says that all the time. The one common enemy? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that's like, that's a real anchor for me. Because sometimes she's like, I feel like you're the enemy. And then I'm like, wait a minute, like you aren't. It's the adversary who's yeah. trying to destroy us. Right. He he wants nothing short of everyone's utter distraction. So, you know, he'll he'll get the man... I mean, obviously this can switch and a, a woman can be an addiction, but we're talking about, right, right? Sure. So a man gets an addiction and usually it's a child or a young man, uh, right? Uh, I've only heard one so, story in so all So I'll tell this, you, indefinitely, almost always. It's an outlier that's not. I have not. heard one story in all of my time that where the man started in adulthood, one. Well, and when I'd I say can, that, we just, so we just shared one, uh, Theron, whose story we've shared earlier, Sexual compulsive behavior didn't start till he was in his 20s, but the idea of compulsive behavior and the trauma he experienced and the acting out, he was just acting out in different ways as a youth. And so still just the trauma of 
man, that kid was six, is still there, even if the right. sexual compulsive behavior doesn't manifest until later. And, and I think that let's stop there and just linger on a, a true principle, which is that this is just another manifestation of, of woundedness. It's not, you know, if somebody uses drugs or alcohol or food or gaming or, you know, overworking or over-exercising or over, you know, that was my compulsive behavior in my young adult years, you know, um, the, 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 the roots of those struggles are very similar. This is why you can go to 12 step groups or recovery groups and find, um, fellowship, even if it's, you know, not related to the specific issue. So somebody who has a a sexually compulsive, you know, a problem with sexual compulsivity, could go to an AA group or, oh, totally. you know, or a woman could go to an Al-Anon group. Like that there isn't, it doesn't have to be so issue specific because the patterns of recovery are the same for, or very similar for those who are struggling and those who have been affected by their loved ones. So um, I just, going back to those three stories, what struck me and why I feel motivated, I think some people are like, why do you spend your time? That must be so depressing. It's like, no, it's so amazing to see people come from this place of pain and learn how to turn it over to Christ. And then they say, I learned, like, I've been a member my whole life and I never understood what I understand now. And that power and that wisdom and that I see that when when people go through recovery process, regardless of what it is, um, whatever their struggle has been, they it's like they have secrets to the universe that most of the rest of us are still looking for, <laughs> and that's what motivates me. You know, when I did research for this forum in reading stories of addicts in recovery, I was like, they have what I want, what I've been searching for since I was young. Because I would always ask people, well, okay, we always talk about turn your problems over to Christ, put them at his feet. Like, how? How do I do that? I understood the what, but I didn't understand the how. I'd served a mission. You know, I've, I've done the, the whole church life thing. Yeah, you, you know, check the class, boxes. Classic. Yeah. And I didn't start to understand how to access the atonement until I started going to 12-step groups. So... That's what I would say is go hang out with addicts in recovery if you want to understand the atonement. It's the best. I I would agree. Just just because um, of the monumental shift that has to happen. And I remember I was sitting, um, and, and Kayla and I had this conversation. It's probably a better way to say it. Kayla and I, this was probably two years into recovery. Kayla can correct me if I'm wrong. We were driving, and she's like, if nothing changed in our relationship, if our relationship was the way it is right now, and that's how it was forever, like, would you stay married? Like, you know, could we get off this point? If it just stayed like this, are you good with that? And I was like, no. And I think at first she was like, well, what? Like, what do you mean? You actually want to be married to me? And And I was like, no. I was like, I was like. Like, this works for you? Like, you're happy with all this and how it's going? And she's like, well, no. No, yeah. I mean, I guess not. And I'm like, you don't want to stay here either. Like, neither of us want to stay in this place. Like, like this addiction and everything has brought so much messed up stuff to our lives and exposed messed up stuff. Like, 
no, like we want healing, like screw staying here, you know? And I feel like we, we kind of had that realization in that moment together. And, um, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, but I think just like she was saying, like, I feel like I've told people, I almost go to bed every night thanking Heavenly Father for this trial that we've gone through, you know, because I feel like we are both, I mean, we are still on the path. Like, we are not healed, you know, but I think that we are better people because of it. And, like, just like Christ has that atonement for these men going through it, I mean, I've never applied the atonement so much in my life because Christ knows the pain that I'm going through. And that has been so eye-opening to me because you always think of the atonement like, oh, yeah, like if I sin, like there's the atonement, you know, but just like there's the atonement for the addict, there's the atonement for the wives or the husbands, you know, like he knows that pain. And like, like Lehi said to Jacob, God will consecrate these things. It's not just... It's not even that you'll heal, it's that you will you'll you'll you can reach beyond where you were through this. And that's why we're here. You know, well, to... but I think that's the beauty of addiction is like in some ways you're kind of forced into this ultimatum. Like Kayla and I didn't have an ability because I mean that's the only reason I came forward in the first place. A lot of times people are like, Oh, if you come forward, you're in a better place than the guys that got caught. I don't believe that at all. I came forward because I'm like, I am screwed. And at some point in time I will be exposed and my entire life will be destroyed. So I might as well just jump in and see if it can get better, if it can be fixed, if it can be healed. I say I believe in Jesus. Maybe I should actually try and see if that works, right? And and then ever since then, it's been like, there's no middle ground. Like, it's either choose destruction, I go back to lying, back to being an addict, or Kayla and I have to figure it out. And then I kind of put that same ultimatum on her, like, the white picket fence, everything's fine, we have no real issues. Like, once that comes up, it's like, you have to deal with it. I handed her that pain. She can't just pretend I didn't hand it to her. And so I think that trial is is a blessing because it, it forces you to I think it's God coming after our hearts because there's not a there's not an option. I remember saying that to my therapist a couple of years in. I was like, you told me about this guy who three years in, it was like all better and they were healed. And he texted you and was like, thanks, Todd. Everything's been great and appreciate your help. And we're so healed. We're, we're walking down the beach on vacation, just madly in love with each other and healed. I'm like, dude, that's not going to be me three years in. I'm like, but you know what the problem with this is, Todd, is I can't go back either. Because I know that crap doesn't work. Like, I have enough in that I have to, you know, so there's a beauty there, I think, in when these issues get exposed, like it's almost like you you are kind of forced into being a more faithful person than if you didn't have any issues to deal with. And faithful meaning faith in Christ full, yes. not faithful in the checklisty kind of way, right? Yes. So it, well, the checklisty way doesn't work, right? I mean, I can't say how many men's stories we've heard, right? And who, oh, I did every, I started doing the try harder gospel and I read my scriptures more and I, and I went to the temple and I did all this stuff and I still kept act, acting out, right? And how many wives have, I've been perfect. I cleaned the house. I was more sexual. I did all the things and nothing changed. So with addiction, you learn. read my scriptures more. Right, or right, the, right. You learn real quick that the try harder gospel does not fix addiction because you try it and it doesn't work right or the betrayal trauma totally yeah but again the beauty of it is once you've tasted it i was talking to a friend so i've been doing myself i've been doing 12-step work for almost eight years so it was just you know just after starting the forum that i was like all right 
I'm going to do this too. I'm going to figure out how to apply the atonement in my own life. And I was talking to one of my friends just the other day. And, you know, life, if you don't have addiction, you know, addiction can be healed, but you're still going to be human. So Christ tells us that when we come to him, he's going to show us our weakness. So expect to see more. If it's not addictive patterns anymore, then it's going to be something else, you know. But that is the journey of coming to Christ, is being comfortable with our fallenness. And and we, she and I talked and just said, you know, even though I have my ups and downs with, for me, it's been perfectionism and people-pleasing and, and very performance, you know, my worth is tied to my performance, mm-hmm. toxic shame. I mean, I, I have a lot of the root cause is the root issues that addicts have. Um, I was going to say, they don't have any of this. We don't have any of that in this room. Yeah. I mean, we just, all have She just our... described me perfectly. Yeah. Just there. See, we're, we're... I didn't know you knew us so we, well. <laughs> we are of the same stuff. We are of the dust, and we, we all have our ways of responding to life, and we pick up this dust as we go in life and our false beliefs and coping mechanisms and learning how to shed those in a community of people who are being real is the most when I mean, you talk about the sweet fruit that of the tree that is that is where i've tasted it because you see people and you're with people and you're, you know you you kind of have the shared permission to be real and to say i i i thought i understood i thought i had the you know no i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i need god and to have that hit at a deeper level and to welcome it instead of fight it. Because for me, it was, I did, I had this sort of barrier up, like I, you know, I'm a strong member of the church and I've done all the things and I love the scriptures and I love the gospel and I'm passionate about it. But that wasn't, that wasn't giving me what my spirit craved. And yeah. You look so, like you have a question. So. I do have a question. I, I just it's shifting gears a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of forums out there or podcasts or whatever where there's still just there's a lot of anger still. There's a lot of the, the trauma still exists. There's a lot of anger out there still, and Some, hopelessness. Yeah, I hopelessness. There's well, they just they just they end up angry, hurt, and man bashing and whatever. What's going on there? Why are they? Why can't they move through that? What can you tell us? What are you seeing? Or how do they? How can they move through that? Or how can some of our listeners avoid those well, forms or, or recognize that? that it's not just that? Yeah, you know, that's what form. that's what I want to know because I feel like I've seen so many of these groups, like on Facebook or blogs or anything, where it just turns into like just such an unhealthy place. You know, social media is. Um, I've been wrestling with this question a lot, actually, lately, um, because I've noticed a change in our in our in our traffic patterns, and and I'm I'm on Facebook, and I've you know I've I've seen a lot of these these groups, and I think that you know when the forum started, Facebook was still pretty young, um, and social media, you know, that whole realm was still pretty young. And I think right now the instinct is for some, you know, the internet can be an amazing tool. When when I first started the forum, it was, all right, the internet has brought this problem to us. Let's use it to bring the solution or to bring solutions. You know, let's use it for good. Um, 
The downside of the internet is that it can be really easy to get in quick fix mode. And I think that's a lot of it is you have the fight or flight response. And I mean, the answer, part of the answer to your question is in that label. If somebody's in trauma, they're going to fight or they're going to flee, right? Those are, those, they're either going to dig in and it's the Duke's up and the problem is out there and I'm going to fight the problem out there. Um, I saw this, I, I used to work for a nonprofit called Women for Decency. It was women who were trying to be active in the civic environment around pornography. And as we worked more, almost every woman who was involved <laughs> had some sort of personal experience. And that's, that was their way of dealing with their pain. They weren't dealing directly with it. Okay. They were trying to fight the battle out there. And so, not the not the battle in the heart. Yeah, it's a it's it's a normal response, and I think it's just like we were talking about before. I think to some degree, women have to experience that until they're tired of it. Until it, in the twelve step world, they say, you know, when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's when you start to do the inner work, right? And so, I, I hope that we can keep extending that hand of, hey, you don't have to stay there forever, but. Um, you can't force somebody to be ready before they're ready to, to start to go inside. And so, so I think some of it is just that that energy has to be, well, has to be. I think that's just where a lot of them are. And some of them may not know that there are options. And that's, I, I appreciate the chance to be able, I'm not saying that our forum is the solution to everything, but the concept of focusing on healing rather than rehashing your pain is really powerful when right. a woman's ready to say, okay, I'm ready. I, w I want to heal more than I want to self-protect. Yeah. Well, this uh, is where, where I think groups get lost a lot. I just, uh, I mean, I'll throw my two cents on that question is that they're unguided. So this is why I think a lot of 12-step have issues. And, and we've already done a whole post about the 12 steps where I think a lot of times people get lost as they go, oh, this is my live all end all. And I'm like, there's a lot of power from 10 guys getting in the room and being they look to porn or 10 women getting in the room and saying, our husbands are all doing this. What do we do? But I think without any guidance, yeah, that group can get you. And so I think that's the problem with just the Facebook group is it some wife who's day one, right? And she's ticked off whenever she's like, I'm going to start a Facebook group. It's the fight, right? But then there's no one in that group that has any experience as far as the healing. Without the they healing, have experience right. and they can relate to the story, but they don't have experience with the healing. And so you get this blind leading the blind. And it totally happens on the men's side too, right? And, um, you know, because like there's certain parts for me personally, like I can't tell you like, and, and this is how you get 100% sober, period. Because I've never had enough sobriety to answer that question for anyone. But, you know... Chris, our Hulk of Hope, he can answer that question that way because he's over a decade sober. And so so to me, it's like that's part of the problem. And that's what things is you, you've kind of got the mixed bag in your forum and it's in a context where there's some guidance there. Yeah. I, um, so I want to go back to the 12-step and use that as kind of a vehicle to talk about this. If you have a 12-step room where everybody's on day one, it's not going to work. <laughs> That's why there's step 12. Step 12, for those who aren't familiar with the steps, is once you've done this, go back and help other people. Yep. So that there's an upward spiral in the community of healing. It's not go through it, oh, good, you're done, bye. It's come back in because for some people, especially if they've lost that connection with God, 
you're all they've got. You're all they've got to sense what hope can feel like, what healing can look like. And so you've got to find a place where you can see and sense that there's something besides the, the re- it, you know, when I started, when I, when I first felt that I've got to do something, I was feeling that mama bear. You know, so I think that's what happens in these groups too, is that the women are like mama bearing for each other and, and wanting to like, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. And you're not crazy, but, but having a higher power <laughs> in, in other people um, and the, we were just talking about this in a facilitator training. I'm a 12-step facilitator, and you've got to have that one-on-one. If you just show up to a meeting once a week and you're not actually working a process, even therapy, you know? I mean, therapy really has a place, but you've got to have that, that constant guidance and, and somebody to, to help you say, yeah, I've been through this and this is how I'm going to help you get through this. I'm going to be there with you as you work it so that it's not done. And you can't do the work in isolation right. either. So, you're, I mean, basically you're saying if somebody's trapped in this trauma and anger, there's it's likely that they're only working it, they're working it in isolation or with others in trauma and anger. Yeah, and they're of. not in a guided space or place where they can, that's pushing them toward healing or pointing out to them, hey, by the way, you're in real trauma right there. Do, you, you know, Do, can, it, you, can, you, can you see that? What does that feel like feel right that? now? Right. Yeah, exactly. So that they that. can become more self-aware okay. and then recognize, oh, you know, you were just talking about the two, Steve, you were just talking, Steve or Steven? Steven? Whichever one okay. you want. Yep. You were talking about how you've, you've kind of just got two choices now. You can either go backwards or go forwards. It's really the same way for women in trauma. The trauma uh-huh. will... It will suck them in and get worse and worse. It's it's yep. not a neutral ground, um, and so when women can learn what their trauma response looks like, then they can call it what it is. I call it putting on your lab coat and glasses. You know, to be able to step back from the trigger and not experience uh, you know fully emotionally, but to say, huh, that's information for how my body is processing this trauma, and when somebody else can be a witness and say, hey. That's what trauma, that's your trauma talking right now. And then they can start to separate from it and not be their trauma. Their trauma is something they're experiencing, but it's not who they are. Just like you are, your addiction is not you. Right. You married the, the real guy, right? And right. you're seeing the real guy come out through this process. He is not the addiction. That is not his identity. And the trauma is not the identity of the women. But I think sometimes... They take the trauma on as their identity mm-hmm. without realizing it. So learning to be able to detach from it and say, that's something happening in my life, but I'm going to find who I am again. And I'm going to you know, work on connecting with myself again so that I can recognize the trauma as the thing happening to me, not my whole well, I like, how, I like how Brene Brown says it, right? She says, the problem when trauma happens, people go to one end of the spectrum. Either it defines their entire life or they pretend it never happened. Right. right? And I and I think you see, you know, I just have a, a couple that I know that they're getting divorced and they started doing recovery. And for her, it was 
what Kayla described initially. She was like, cool, this is a problem, whatever, we'll fix it, we're in and out, right? When they didn't get in and out, so she's like, I'm out of the relationship. And, and as, I, as I, I dialogued with him about it, I said, you know, my concern for her is not that she doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. That's fine. If she doesn't want to be married to an addict, she has choice, she can leave. I don't judge her for that at all. You lied to her when you got married, she wants out, it's fine. But my concern is that she's pretending it never happened. So she's not going to find she the healing she healing needs. Process. Whether she's in a yeah. relationship with him or not anymore is irrelevant. And so I think it's the the guidance, right? And I think as you have some of that in your form as a first step, or like you say, that place where they can daily contact or whatever, is it's the ability to meet it in the middle and go, it did happen. It totally matters. I was hurt. And it doesn't define me. And, and healing, and is, healing possible. is possible. That's what that is just and what I have we hope keep repeating. Yeah, we just yeah. keep repeating. Just remember, healing is possible. No matter where he is, you can find healing. Like putting that whether he gets agency, together or not. Yes, putting that agency back on them. And I think it's important to talk about. You know, when we say you have to go through a healing process, that it can sound like a task to be done instead of an invitation to a life that is amazing that that opens up you know we talked Kayla about seeing with different eyes that's what healing is it's about being able not just to see whatever happened with different eyes but being able to see everything differently being able to engage the gospel differently being able to it's it changes it changes your life it's an invitation to the sweet fruit of the tree not a laborious it's it's hard work it's 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 deep work. It's vulnerable work, but it's the sweet fruit of the tree that you're aiming for. And and I think we need to reinforce that too, that why do I have to do this? He's the one who, you know, instead of I get to do this because God is reaching out to me through, you know, he, it's not like he made this happen or, but he can take this and turn it into something beautiful for the, the, the woman herself, regardless of what her husband chooses. The beauty for ashes principle. Exactly. I mean, that's, I feel like we can wrap up there the way you just put that together. That's amazingly said for sure. I don't, I don't know, James, if you had anything else, that's, I can end on that. Yeah. Kayla, any final words? No. Okay. It's been good. I'll put you both on the spot for a final word and it's this. Um, Women who are listening, who go, yeah, maybe something like that would help me, or maybe who are still kind of choosing isolation and fight, flight, or freeze, as opposed to sitting in a in trying to find a sit in a healthy space, who are going to hear this and they're feeling something, but because of fear, shame, or whatever it is, they are not going to go to the website and join the forum. What would you tell them if we had them? If we had those women sitting here, we're what would here you tell when them? you're ready, huh? We're here when you're ready. It's awesome. No, you don't have to be alone, but we're here when you're ready. It's awesome, Kayla. What would you tell those women? Yeah, I mean, the same thing. Like, don't don't do it by yourself because you cannot do it by yourself. There's no reason to. There isn't. Yeah. You're not alone, and there's no reason to. It, it just helps so much to know that you're not alone. If they are ready, where do they go again? Tell them the website again. HopeandhealingLDS.com. 
as the current URL, and it'll redirect when we want to change over. Awesome. I'm almost making me think I want to call it Beauty for Ashes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put that check in the mail to James. You know, <laughs> All right. So goes. How about chocolate? <laughs> Kayla, there you go. always a pleasure. Uh-huh. So glad you were able to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Michelle, thanks for coming on. This has been awesome. Thanks for all you do. We're all in this together. A hundred percent. She's giving you the website. You know our website, unashamedunafraid.com. You can follow us, Facebook, Instagram, at unashamedunafraid. And until we um, convene next time, stay unashamed. <laughs>